Welcome to the Strong for Performance podcast, where we give coaches and consultants practical ideas for taking you to the next level in your business and in your life. I'm your host, Meredith Bell. I interview experts who've walked in your shoes and offer real-world experience that you can apply to your own journey. Welcome to another episode of the Strong for Performance podcast. I'm your host, Meredith Bell, and today I'm very excited to have the opportunity to interview Gotham Ganglani. Gotham, welcome to my program. Thank you, Meredith. It's an absolute pleasure to be with you on your program today. Well, I want to start out giving a shout out to uh, Michael Gelb because he's the one who introduced us and brought us together and he knew that there would be some great synergy and shared value. So thanks to Michael for making this possible. Uh, Before we get into questions that I have about your book, um, let me give a more formal introduction so my audience can get to know who you are. Gotham is Managing Director of Right Selection, a speaker management agency located in the Gulf area of the Middle East and India. His company's mission, which I love, is to transform lives through inspiring stories. Gotham was born in London and he completed his education in the UK. He's been an entrepreneur for more than 20 years as part of a father and son team, and you're the son in that story, right? (laughs) They represent and work very closely with world-renowned authors and global thought leaders like Marshall Goldsmith, Ron Kaufman, and Brian Tracy. Today, he's going to share insights about the power of building high-quality relationships, and he's learned these insights from the authors that he's worked with, as well as his experiences in Europe, the Gulf, India, and Asia. And he captures these insights in his new book called Breaking Bread, Building Meaningful Relationships for Long-Lasting Success. I love that, Gotham. And so the first thing I want to start with is for you to tell us a little bit more about your journey and what led to this work you're doing today and to the writing of your book. Great. Thank you, Meredith. Well, first and foremost, to me, it all starts with a a quote that represents the culture of India and the Gulf, um, because to us in our part of the world, family and food are very omnipresent in our, in our lives as we live in joint families in this part of the world mostly. And the saying is that families that eat together stay together. And that to me was the foundation because I grew up in living with the family and you know we'd look forward to our family meals every weekend and realize that was the place where we would share stories of the week, we'd bond, we'd build our you know, relationships, we'd get to understand each other, we know our differences and really it was happens over a meal where all the barriers are down. You're in your most relaxed space and there's a positive energy exchange between you and each family member over a meal. And we realized that was just absolutely priceless. And that was sort of the foundation of this whole concept that I grew up with throughout my journey um, in the UK. Um, and then once I graduated in you know 1995 and moved to Dubai, that sort of continued 
and transferred from not only our personal lives, but into our professional lives where we built great friendships um, in the professional world and welcomed many of our connections uh, to our homes for a meal. And that's really sort of, sort of the captured sort of summary of how it started and, and to some extent where it began in Dubai in the professional space, because it all started with the personal space that we live in between food and family. And then you brought in this idea of representing speakers for events. So talk about how that evolved, because I think that's a very interesting story too. Sure, Meredith. So, I mean, we, I grew up because the passion of my dad's was all about personal and professional development books. You know, your Dale Carnegie, your Norman Vincent Peale, um, and Stephen Covey, and numerous other inspirational personal and business authors. And we were surrounded by these kind of books, audios, and, and videos in, in my sort of teenage years. And come my mid early 20s, my dad said he wanted to start a business that gave him complete passion, happiness, and what he says, inner fulfillment, rather than just a business of trading, of buying and selling. And that's where we started the business called Right Selection in October 1993 in Dubai as a self-help transformation bookstore. Um, I joined him in 95 and said, okay, books are great. Uh, how about we invite to have audios as well? Because I realized I enjoyed you know, listening to these inspirational authors and speakers. And then, you know, then we had videos. And that went on for a few years before the next sort of change in our journey. We said, what next? What new value can we bring to our clients and well-wishers of our, you know, people who really appreciate our books and audios and videos was bringing the authors of these books for live events, which started in year 2000. And the best way we decided to start that was look at the most popular books, which are inspiring people, educating and engaging them to take action. And that's how we start off our events division and bringing some of the world's greatest speakers to Dubai, the Gulf, and the Indian subcontinent for live events um, throughout from 2000 to 2015 with public seminars. Um, and then the larger companies did say, how about we bring these authors for live events in-house? And that's where the business just grew from a bookstore to public seminars to big companies bringing them in-house. And then the business uh, you know, is panned across the Gulf and the Indian subcontinent today. That's so exciting. And as someone who's constantly working on her own self-development, I, uh, I love the fact that you have surrounded yourself with all these people that have really uh, encouraged you to grow and, and challenged you in your own development with your business. Let's break apart here this concept of breaking bread because you, you talk about two different things with it. You say it's the number one strategy for building relationships, and you also differentiate it from networking. So explain really what you mean by that and why it's so effective. Thank you, Meredith. Yeah, I mean, people have asked me, Gotham, you know, what is the number one marketing strategy that you've applied to take your business and, and, and not only survive, but thrive over 25 plus years? It's been through very ups and downs like any business. And I said to them, well, it's not, you know, PR, social media, word of mouth, referrals. I said, all of these are great. There are many others. 
But to me, the number one best marketing strategy is what I call you know, is relationship marketing. We've never had a sales team member in our entire organization in 27, 28 years, never had a single team member who, who does cold, cold calls or has got a title of a sales manager or sales director. That's just not been a part of our culture. It's really been built over building meaningful relationships over long-lasting success. And that's been the greatest distinction of, of how we've sort of not only you know, more than survived but thrived in many of these challenging times because you remain top of mind. I mean, being in business and providing a quality product, that's a given. You need to have a quality product to be in business. To provide a good service, you need to provide a good service to be in business um, in a sustainable manner. But what's the USP is about that meaningful relationship you build with every um, person you interact with. What value do you create? What emotional positive exchange is there that takes place that is authentic, that is personal, that shows you it's more beyond just the transaction that takes place. And sometimes, you know, networking is seen as sort of transactional. Now, networking is good, but it's how you network. I know people who attend events and they're out there to exchange 30, 40 business cards. That's not networking, in my opinion. I look at an event and my goal is I want to have five meaningful conversations or more from an event that I attend. So my main mindset is, how do I find five people or more to have a meaningful conversation during an event that I attend, as opposed to exchanging as many business cards? And that to itself is, is the same event, same environment, but the mindset of how you approach people is completely different to just exchanging cards. I love that. And because our business is really founded on the same thing. We're a software company, and some of our clients have worked with us for 25 years now. So we are very much aligned as far as meaningful relationships and not transactional. It's creating that experience. And that was one of the things I loved in reading your book is the experiences that you help create with the people you are interacting with. And you've developed five different strategies that we'll go into. But one of the things I want you to touch on first, because I just loved it, were the three, I guess I'd call them principles that you learned from your dad that helped you uh, to me it was really the foundation of everything you did in your business after that so talk about those three principles that you learned from him and why they've served you so well thank you meredith yes that whenever i think of those three principles it you know i've got to be grateful to a gentleman called phil bedford who coached me to say you, know, you need to find your why and your purpose you know based on the book that we know Simon Sinek, and to me, every time I think back at this story and this journey, it really runs shivers down my spine sometimes because I had a very difficult time um, in my teenage years. I was bullied, I was teased, I was humiliated and made fun of. And my self-esteem was at an all-time low. I had very little confidence and my grades were barely, barely above average. I went to my dad and I said, Papa, nothing makes any sense. I'm clueless. I don't understand the purpose of life. Um, and I'm not doing well in my studies. I have no friends. Nothing makes any sense at all. What do I do? And he sat me down and he said, I'm going to give you three pieces of advice. And these three pieces of advice are going to help you not only in this current situation, but for the rest of your life. 
before I share these three pieces of advice with you, he said, I want you to understand that the two things that are most constant in your life and each one of our lives, no matter where you are, who you are, is change and challenges. You will always go through a lot of change in your life, be it with people, be it countries, be it circumstances, and challenges are a consistent part of your life. Once you accept that, then these three pieces of advice will help you every time you come across that sort of roadblock. And the three pieces of advice are, number one, surround yourself with the right people. Surround yourself with the right people who encourage you, inspire you, make you feel positive. Secondly, continuously learn. You learn from books, you learn from, you learn from uh, books you read, people you meet, podcasts, content. And third and most importantly is take action. Take massive action. And when you apply these three principles, you're bound to have a breakthrough. Either you will learn or you will progress, but you will improve from whatever situation you're in. And every single time I've gone through whatever calamity or challenge I've gone in my life, be it financial, be it relational, be it business, be it COVID this year is a, is a real life example. The moment I go through a challenge, I press pause, I accept the current situation, accept what I cannot change, and I apply these three principles. And they made a profound difference, not only in my life, but in the lives of everyone that I have met just by applying these three principles. That's great. Thank you. I, I just, I want to also thank you for being honest about your background because, you know, a lot of times people assume whoever I'm speaking with often, you know, it's at a level of success, but we don't hear the backstory of what, you know, was behind them being where they are today. And the fact that you dealt with a lot of difficult situations as a teenager and yet prevailed through them as you applied your dad's advice and have since become a very successful business person. I just want to acknowledge that and let you know I admire your decision to take action and do things that really helped you get in a better place. With COVID, which you mentioned, um, and I really want to focus our discussion today around some of these strategies that you have used so successfully and have adapted them to this situation. Obviously, you're not able to have live events now. Building and strengthening the relationships you have is really important. So talk about this one thing that you did that I was so impressed with, and I know you've been doing even more since you wrote the book, about reaching out to people you know. What did that look like? Because I think some of my listeners, this one nugget would be extremely helpful for them in these times we're in right now. Thank you. Yeah, to, to me, when COVID took place earlier this year in March, I one of the many things that I applied was taking literally a book. I've got it here with me here. And I literally wrote down as many people that I could think of as I reflected back on my life personally and professionally and wrote down names nonstop. I just wrote down every single person that I could think of because if I could think of that person at that moment in time, it meant that they had added value in some, some way to my life and been a part of my journey. And you suddenly had a chance to think about gratitude and appreciation uh, more than ever um, at that moment in time. 
And I simply said, I'm committing to communicating with every single person in this list at least once. And my only objective is to ask them, how are you? How's your family? Is there any way I can help? And just to connect with these people. And I made a list of over 100 people. And that list has gone well over 200 now that I've had a one-to-one -one conversation with them. Some people, even one such person I'd not met for 20, 25 years, actually. It was that long. Majority of people had been probably six months to even five years, but I literally just called to check in on them. And it was just such a profound, it was simple yet profound in terms of the experience. Everyone had their own stories and their own journeys. And just by making this call for no reason at all, there was no agenda beyond just connecting with them authentically, personally, asking them how they were, listening to them. If they wanted some advice or suggestions, each and every one had their own challenges that they were going through. And that was just such an inspiring experience. And for me, out of that, on a positive note, I reconnected with some school friends. And on a professional note, you suddenly came across other people with the same mindset like myself, who apply what I learned from Jack Canfield, which he said, E plus R equals O. The event, in this case, it's COVID. And our response to this, this event equals the outcome. We had people who were going into sort of, you know, I'd say depression, anxiety, stress, which is very understandable, very understandable. And each one of us goes through that journey till we move to acceptance. And there were those saying, okay, what's the opportunity here? What can we co-create? What can we collaborate? What new value can we innovate during this challenging time? What, how can we serve others? So we started asking ourselves some really empowering questions to make our minds think and reframe the situation that this is an opportunity to reinvent ourselves personally and professionally and use this as a foundation for the future ahead. So this is sort of a capsule of my experience that I had this, this year with that particular strategy of just how are you phone calls to as many people as I could. The strength of what you're describing to me is you didn't have an agenda. You were genuinely interested in knowing how they were doing. And I think people sense that, you know, when we connect with them, they can tell if you know, they're waiting for something else to pop up that you did have something in mind. But when they really can tell, you just care about them. That, that means so much because so few people are, especially when you're faced with a challenge, it seems like we can get self-absorbed, <coughs> you know, what's happening to me as opposed to what's happening with this other person. So I would think the effect of you reaching out to that many people and focusing on them that must have changed you too. Yeah, it did. it did. Actually, four or five people literally said to me at the end, Meredith, and said, Gotham, um, was there something you called me for? Um, was there something you forgot that you, because did you need to share with me or an update? And I said, no, I just called to check in on you and how you're doing. And literally they said, I've never had a call like that. And I was like, and they were like, I've always had a call to update me either good news or some event related, personal or professional or some celebratory event, or if there was some sad news in the family or something, but a call just to check in on me. I don't remember when I last had such a call. Thank you so much, Gotham. I really appreciate you making this call. And that to me was is priceless, just hearing that. 
Others may not have said it, but you felt it in the emotion that you connected with them just when they poured their stories and their journeys out and being able to share that with someone they'd not met or spoken to in some time. And you sort of just made that personal call and touch to them to show that you care for them personally and professionally. And that to me is a fabulous illustration of this whole approach to building meaningful relationships where you're really looking at what can I do to serve or give to you, not what can you do for me? So that's a fabulous approach. And I um, would love to explore a little bit about some of the strategies you talk about, really you devote a lot of your book to, and in the context of doing them virtually now, like your first one is about business brews where you could have breakfast and coffee with someone. How do you, Um, apply that strategy now that you can't meet with folks in person. Yeah, no, that traditionally breaking bread as a philosophy, as a concept is having a meal, be it breakfast, lunch, dinner, coffee, having a a beverage and a meal with another person. Um, Having said that, the deeper meaning is a positive energy exchange between two or more people. And that's really where you add the authenticity, the meaning, and the emotion between one and another person. And I realize now in seven months of being literally strictly in lockdown in India, I was not going to be able to meet anyone for a meal. Um, and I said, well, let's take it to the next level. And, and that's where, you know, I've scheduled this last strategy that I shared where I connected with people personally. So when we literally scheduled meetings um, over with people, you realize that you could connect with them on a Zoom call and you can really get to sort of connect with them personally, professionally and understand what's happening in their respective lives and, um, and ask them questions, which was just not just about business. That was one way to connect with them. The other way online was about you follow your key clients and connections on social media. And by liking, people like comments. But do you add value is by adding a comment. So to me, I I said, you've got to add meaning into it. When you add a comment and you follow a a blog or an article or some content that your network is sharing, the best way you can add value is to consume some of that relevant content and then comment on that content. Because that comment is adding positive energy to the output that your friend, client, contact has shared on social media. So be it the Zoom conversations, what value can you add beyond just the conversation that you're needing to have? You know, what can you add emotionally? When they put a post, other than just liking it and just saying, I adding a personal comment, these are small touch points, but it's really in short, whether it's in by phone, by email, any form of communication virtually, you add meaning, you add authenticity, you add energy, you add emotion. That exchange of energy is what breaking bread is um, online because you've created a memory, you've created an experience, and that's really where it's beyond just the transactional. It's more collaborative. It's more abundant. It's, 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 it's more personal and it's uh, friendly and, and memorable. Mm-hmm. Well, two things there. Um, one is when you're speaking to somebody, this idea of asking them, you know, what are you currently working on? that I could support you with. Uh, you're mentioning yes. social media made me think about that because a lot of times people are, 
you know, trying to either put out videos or, or articles or some kind of content where they would like to get more visibility with it. And so getting specific about what can I do for you, which is what it sounds like you're, you know, so good at, you know, really can take people by surprise. They're not used to someone asking that kind of question. And then when you actually follow yeah. through and look at their content and do something to elevate it, um, that is very powerful. Now, one of your five strategies is around social media. So talk a little bit more about that and an example, let's say, of a success story of you or someone you know, because I seem to remember you mentioned someone in your book that got had great success by investing time in doing the kind of responding that you just described. Fantastic. Yes. Um, I'll give one recent example as well that took place. So normally when you attend a, an event in the physical world, you would go to an event and you may network and meet other people, as I said, and have conversations over a meal, over the break time and, and get to know one another. And um, but that opportunity doesn't, doesn't happen now. And I wanted to connect with a particular few individuals. And I'll just use one example specifically. And I said, well, let me start by following that CHRO um, of the organization, following her on LinkedIn and understanding the kind of content she's sharing. I liked and I commented authentically on her videos. I either watched her videos or read her blogs, read her articles, and then shared a personal comment, which was of the right context relating to what she shared. And I did that a few times. Now, by default, not many people do comment. It's a missed opportunity if you're not commenting. And then I realized now it's the right time where I have built, where she started liking and responding to my comments on her own posts. And three, four weeks later, I then reached out to her and said, you know, Anjali, um, I'm greatly enjoying your post that you've shared. I was wondering if we could have the opportunity to have an exploratory Zoom conversation to see how I can add value and potentially collaborate with any of your current needs as an organization. Her immediate response was promptly, yes, Gotham, it'd be my pleasure to connect with you. I then connected with her on a Zoom call. That's now led to um, several proposals, and we're looking at a great deal of work with just this one client um, next year in 2021. Now, a typical person would normally just send a message to the inbox of someone and approach them. I mean, in another terminology, that's like hunting. You need to farm. You need to build meaningful. You've got to have patience. You've got to be polite. You've got to be persistent. You've got to be positive. So I was very patient over three, four weeks, built the relationship in the way of following it. You're showing interest in the other person. You're adding value to what they're posting. And then you're, you've earned the right to be asked for their valuable time over a meeting. And that's the example where people just miss out on. They just think, you, you're, you're in a decision-making position. I have something to provide you. Can we speak? I don't even know you. And you're immediately asking me, can I sell you something per se? That's the feeling that they get. Even if there's an interest, they're like, no, thank you. And that's, that's one classic example, if I may. Well, there's so much richness in, in that example, Gotham, because it shows being strategic about identifying someone you'd like to have a relationship with and hopefully do business with at some point, 
that it's worth taking the time to look at how can I serve them first? How can I give to them first before I ask for anything? The second thing is it doesn't have to be a large quantity of people. Sometimes we think, you know, I've got to reach out to a bunch of these people. And it, it isn't a matter of quantity. You're illustrating so beautifully the quality is what matters. The quality of effort you put in and the quality of the connection you make is worth investing that time. So I just love that. That is fabulous example. And another um, example I'd like to, and I'm not sure which of your strategies this ties in with. It might be just, you know, all of them, the meaningful relationships, the adding value. But there was one person you described in your book that initially when you met and talked, it didn't appear that there would be an opportunity for you to work together. But then over time, you right. established a very powerful relationship. So talk about that because I think when my listeners hear this as an example, they'll really understand the possibilities that are out there, even if initially something doesn't seem like it might be a benefit. Looking at the long term is important. Thank you for bringing that, that, that sort of example to my attention. It's, it's one of my favorite stories and definitely has great deep learning in it because each one of us faces, um, be it what we perceive as rejection or when we hear the word no, which many times means no for now. Um, and I got to give credit to this gentleman. His name was Mustafa Hamwi. And he, you know, was referred to me by this gentleman called Phil Bedford, who believed that the two of us could connect and potentially collaborate. Now, whatever I heard from Mustafa in our first meeting over a cup of coffee uh, in Dubai, I, I didn't feel it was the right time. And it didn't make sense to me that how we'd collect, you know, collaborate. So in his mind, it could have been perceived as Gotham's not interested. Yes, it was not interested based on the information that I had at that time. But he kept in touch with me and he continuously um, kept nurturing the relationship, attending our events um, and just being present in my circle of uh, sort of presence of our events or things I was doing online. And he just continuously added value and kept asking me, how can I add value to you, uh, to you and your business? And I was like, wow, this is great. And, you know, he was very helpful with ideas, with thoughts, with some connections. And then one fine day, the opportunity even presented itself where I was looking to have an MC for our event. And, you know, he speaks English and Arabic. And I gave him that opportunity. It went up extremely well. And suddenly within three months, he'd MC'd four or five events. And all this happened six over six months after that first meeting when I said, I don't think this is the right time. And I basically said, I'm not really open to this collaboration at this time. And I just met him, but he didn't give up because he saw that he could provide value. And he said, let me earn this relationship over time and show that I'm in this for the long run. And six months later, it was me who went to him and said, let's collaborate. And, uh, the time is right. And, this is now five years on and we have built a phenomenal partnership together in the publishing world, in the speaking world and referred to each other numerous times, breaking bread even at his wedding in India where I surprised him and flew down for his wedding. So many, many memorable stories and experiences all because of those first six months where he decided 
just to break bread and have that abundance mindset of giving, making a difference and adding value. So by the time six months was over, it was a very natural progression. So my advice to you is, in that sense is really about, you know, you know, if you really value that potential relationship, then, then nurture it, build on it, add value and be patient and be persistent politely. And, uh, and time will come when it will just feel very natural and seamless to, to convert a no into a yes. And then five years later, we've got many, many, many experiences as I shared and uh, which I'm very grateful for till today. Such a great, great story. Uh, so many lessons there about, again, being willing to invest the time to build a meaningful relationship, not take a transactional approach, be patient, and be very clear about, you know, that you want this relationship and you're willing to do whatever is needed to provide value to the other person. And it sounds like what's really cool, you said you ended up going to him. So he didn't end up needing to ask you. You <coughs> obviously thought of him because of all the value that he had provided to you and all the ways I would guess that he demonstrated his competence, his ability to deliver. So that when you signed him up for that first event, you were confident that that he would be able to come through as an MC, right? Correct, absolutely. In fact, it, it, it encourages me to share with your with your viewers that you know, as opposed to sales, I always say people prefer to buy than be sold to. And what I and, I, and a deeper meaning behind that is, is is strive to educate, engage, and inspire people to come to you as opposed to sell them. Because if you educate and you engage and you inspire, you add value, then they will be inspired to come to you. And that's exactly what happened in this case. He provided huge value and inspired me to want to work with him and collaborate with him. So I'm grateful that he was polite, persistent, and he really um, added tremendous value in that journey of nurturing the relationship before we actually did business together. That's great. And uh, just to, to add to that, I know of a fellow right now who is posting short two to five minute videos on LinkedIn every day. And he's gotten such a large um, audience of people very engaged with him. And he's one that doesn't have this huge number of connections, but of those connections, he's really engaging people with his content and demonstrating his expertise and having clients or potential clients contact him about doing business. So it just reinforces the approach that you're describing. Now, before um, we go, I do want to ask you to talk a little bit about affirmations because you have some wonderful affirmations at the end of each chapter, and then you have a chapter on affirmations. And so talk a little bit about how you came to discover the power of those and how you use them yourself. Thank you. Yeah, affirmations is very much about part of our personal, my personal life and professional life. Um, I say that, to my knowledge, the queen of affirmations was a beautiful lady by the name of Louise Hay, who wrote the book, You Can Heal Your Life. And my dad, from a very, very young age, really had these affirmation cards that he would keep around our house at different parts of the home. So every time we'd be, be in the kitchen, in our rooms, before going to bed, um, there would be these affirmation cards. So I was surrounded by affirmations from a very young age. And they were just short one-line sentences 
um, that that you would you would read and you just feel good about it and obviously you then say it repeatedly and then that helps sort of transfer to becoming more and more real um, be it I am happy now I'm grateful um, I'm happy healthy and grateful you know whatever those quotes may be I'm I'm politely persistent whenever any challenges come across at my end. So whatever those may be, there are beautiful affirmations that my dad inspired me to sort of practice throughout my childhood and, and in our business. And um, in the book, the idea was that when you read affirmations at the end of the chapter, it was sort of another way of summarizing some of the key takeaways, the key learnings. And if you can memorize those few affirmations at the end of the chapter, it will, get, it will anchor the stories and the deeper learning that was shared in the chapter. Um, and as an organization, it's been actually one of the things that started during the last year by my dad. We have a WhatsApp group as a company, which six of us are on. Every single morning at 7 a.m., no single day has been missed this year. My dad verbally shares an affirmation. And it's, it's the kind of challenges we're all facing personally and professionally. And he shares something very relevant and timely every single morning. And each team member, then shares a voice note reading out that affirmation. So you have my dad writing an affirmation, then five of us plus him reading that affirmation out aloud. And I feel it's made a profound difference in ensuring our mindset is in the right space so that we think clearly, we stay calm, we live with gratitude, we look at everything as a positive situation. And that to me is where affirmations has made a profound difference and is a part of my life daily, weekly, and every situation as well. I so agree with you. And I'll just share real quick something you and I were talking about earlier. I have one affirmation that I say every day that I was able to really utilize recently when my technology failed me right before a presentation. And it was, I am absolute calmness, clarity, and confidence. And that uh, served me really well because my point of contact was on the verge of getting really uh, upset. But when she saw that I was so calm, it helped her calm down. And so, you know, these aren't just things that we say. I want to en emphasize that because you're, you're um, alluding to it. But the fact is these affirmations help us in the way we deal with situations that we encounter in life. So... Um, there's so much you've said today, Gotham, that I know is going to be of great value to my listeners. So I want to thank you for being with me today and for the wonderful light you're shining in the world to be such a positive influence and to establish so many meaningful relationships that, to me, elevate the world. We need that positive energy right now. So thank you for everything you're doing. Will you please share with my listeners how they can get your book and also connect with you on social media or on your website. Sure, Meredith. But first and foremost, I want to thank you from all my, from my heart for your giving me the opportunity to speak to you and your viewers. It's been an absolute inspiration to get to know you personally and professionally and break bread virtually with you today on this, on this uh, session yes. that we've had today. So thank you with all my heart. Thank you very much for your valuable time to have this conversation. And I trust it will add value to your viewers um, who get the opportunity to listen to this, uh, to this interview. Thank you very much. 
And you, um, for those who'd like to connect with me, um, the website, is, as per my name, that's Gautam, G-A-U-T-A-M, Ganglani, G-A-N-G-L-A-N-I.com. You'll get your chance to, anything about Breaking Bread is on that website. And you'll be able to also order the book through Amazon.com globally. Um, so that's the easiest place wherever you are to order the book online. And if you'd like to connect with me personally, my preferred preference is LinkedIn, which is uh, the professional website for connecting with like-minded and like-hearted professionals like yourselves. So do connect with me on LinkedIn. It'll be an absolute pleasure. And do put a note that you saw this, this uh, conversation I had with Meredith. I'd like to acknowledge and appreciate every person I connect with thanks to this wonderful conversation I've had with Meredith today. Um, thank you very much. Thank you, Gotham. And we will be putting those links on your show notes page of your interview when that's published. So thank you again for being with me today. It's an absolute pleasure. Let's stay closely connected. My best wishes to you and your family, Meredith. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to the Strong for Performance podcast. Now head over to growstrongleaders.com to learn how our tools can increase your impact with clients and expand your business. And while you're there, grab our free ebook, The Five Secrets to Getting Better at Anything. Until next time, I'm Meredith Bell. Make it a great day.